Welcome to the Unshamed Podcast. This is a space where we talk openly about topics that are typically seen as taboo in casual conversation. We want to remove barriers for people to share their stories without fear. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back this week um, to the Unshamed Podcast. And today we have the amazing Aoife Keegan with us. And Aoife and I go, I wouldn't say way back, but we have been friends for quite a while, I guess. We go um, back for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like we met like six years ago or maybe maybe six years ago. That sounds about right. I think yeah. you started coming to my house because of my housemate inviting you. And then yeah. I kind of started joining it. And I, my friend's friend became my friend. Yeah. <laughs> That's like how it always is with me. But um, yeah, so we go back and I feel like whenever we have dinner with our friends, you're the one at the table who's always like there are other people cackling and um, like being really loud and obnoxious and you're the one laughing along and listening to all of our obnoxious things. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun. It's been fun getting to know you because I've gotten to know you outside of that circle of friends, which is which is fun. Um, yeah, but I think for everybody else who doesn't know you, can you say who you are and what the heck you do and all that kind of stuff? So people will know who am I? I'm Aoife. I was born in Dublin, still living here. Um, Katie has been to my house. We live in a ridiculously amazing place Mm -hmm. beside the sea for a stupid low amount of rent. Um, I work for a church. Yeah, (laughs) I do. So I work with students mainly. Um, and a few different things like building community, um, creating safe spaces for people to ask bigger questions about life um, in a non-judgmental setting. That's um, a really good description of what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. just being there because, you know, college is an interest. It's one of those uh, like pivotal moments in our lives. Like mm-hmm. we're kind of deciding for the first time who we want to be um, or in a in a bigger way um and I think also a lot of people land at college and they're like they they have this picture in their mind it's going to be amazing you know mm-hmm. I'm going to be so fulfilled I'm going to make amazing friends mm-hmm. and I think that's definitely true but sometimes there's an anticlimax and it's mm-hmm. like oh this actually isn't everything I thought it was going to be I'm raising my hand like <laughs> yes that was <laughs> my college experience had all these yeah. thoughts oh it's going to be like this I'm going to date all these boys that never happened. So no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went to a teacher training college. So there was about like one boy for every 10 girls or something ridiculous oh, like crazy. that. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like having a boyfriend's the thing. I just had never had one before going to college. And I thought, oh, this would be great. Little did I know that I, you know, had an amazing time in college. I actually did have an amazing time in college. Yay. Met lots of friends. Um, you know, I feel like. Um, I was able to have a lot of learning experiences that I wouldn't have had otherwise. I mean, clearly in college, yes, but I mean, you know, just being able to be out there on my own and stuff was great. But what was, what's your experience like with students right now with, you know, their expectations and all this kind of stuff? Um, we're kind of in uncharted territory because everyone's suddenly back in person college after a year and a half of doing everything online. Yeah. So first years are kind of enjoying it, but uncertain because they're like, you know, um, I have social anxiety in general. And now like I'm meeting in a lecture hall with a hundred other students for the first time. And I haven't spent 
time with more than like six people <laughs> at I the know. same time for the last year and a half. The second years are like, they kind of missed out on their freshers year experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to say they, all of the second years I'm talking to feel like they've been catching up real quick. Like friendships have just been happening. Um, if, if there's awkwardness, it's everybody being awkward together. And that's yeah. kind of a bonding thing, you know, honestly. So much, <laughs> so much bonding. Yeah. Yeah. That is like. I can't imagine how hard that would be for these kids who like, you know, yeah, you're thrown into the deep end of, you know, you're leaving secondary school, coming to a new place. That's all there. But then you've also got this, like, you've never experienced what it's like to go to college without COVID. Like, and nobody has. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's like, no, you know, I can kind of go, oh yeah. When I was back in college, like we did this, it's like, it's completely no. irrelevant. I have no yeah, experience of none. that. <laughs> none at all. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy times. Um, so I think, Aoife, it would be great to talk about just some experiences that you have on campus with students. Like um, in terms of social stuff, what do you feel like is the biggest issue right now, um, you know, with students? You know, when we were when we were going to college, we had like brick phones and, you know, it was <laughs> – we're ancient. I mean, like it yeah. was, it was not like it is now. We had face-to-face conversations where we waited by the phone for somebody to call or whatever, but now it's like, it's different. So what would you say? It's like really hard and challenging for students right now. I think it is a challenge. Like I was thinking back to when I got my first smartphone, Yeah, which is like 2014. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was well out of college and it's the first time I, it's like watching a TV screen on your phone. I was like, wow, this is new and different. Seriously. Um, I think this like generation of college students, they have never grown, they don't know life without yeah. a screen. I can't, I almost can't imagine that, but it's, it's going to be <laughs> incredibly difficult. It like, you know, studies are showing that this generation feels more isolated and lonely than any generation previous. Wow. And it's just like, you know, how we relate to one another has changed. It's much more through screen than it is face to face or even mm. speaking. Like, remember those days when if you wanted to talk to someone, you had to dial their number into a phone and yeah. then hope they would be there at the other end. Yeah. There was no caller ID. <laughs> so you didn't know who was calling. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. You know, I think about that kind of stuff because so I have like an eight year old who's full of questions all the time. And he was like. You know, he basically thinks I'm like an, a dinosaur, you know, because he was like, you know, technology, was that around when you were a kid? I'm like, well, how old do you think I am? You know, but when I explained the concept of him of like, you know, having to like arrange, like prearrange to meet somebody somewhere mm. and not having a phone to call each other if one of you was going to be late, you just like waited there mm. until the person showed up or not. And then you waited I don't know, like 15 minutes. And then if they didn't show up, you left and you were mad at them and yeah. whatever. And then you called them later and they were, oh, I'm sorry, I was whatever. Um, and he was like, oh my gosh. And I said, yeah, like if you wanted to call somebody, you'd have to go to a phone and put coins in it. And then <laughs> he was like, what? So yeah, it's so different having access to somebody 24 mm. seven, that there's no, um, there's no break to that. There's no um, understanding really for not being constantly available or constantly able to video yourself. Yeah. Um, like, in fact, a guy, so my kid also loves YouTube stars and wants to be a YouTube star and all this stuff. And I'm trying to tell him, 
like those people don't ever get a break. Like if you're Mm. viral or if you're like really popular, you actually don't get a single day off because of the algorithm. Like in order to beat the algorithm, you have to constantly be putting out content and otherwise nobody's going to see you. So I was trying to explain to them, they never get vacations and he wasn't really buying it. I was trying to really sell it as like something horrible. He's like, that sounds amazing. (laughs) So yeah, but, but if you think about it, like the pressure to be popular on screen um, is so heavy. Mm. And maybe, I don't know, do you think that's where the loneliness is coming from? Is the fact that all their best friends are digital? They're not actually flesh people? That sounds really weird. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's definitely a part because it, it changes relationships from kind of one real time. So mm-hmm. you and I were sitting across the table from each other. We're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. I might pause and stop to think before I answer, but... You know, it's not like DMing where I can go away and think for a few hours and perfectly craft my response or not, or get stuck in scene zone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And like the, and also just never really being off. Hmm. Um, Like I had a day off on Tuesday, but I wasn't off because my internet was still on on my phone and, you know, people are messaging me with Mm -hmm. work stuff and personal stuff. I'm like, wow, like I... People aren't even getting a fully rested me. <laughs> That's so true. Um, yeah. But I, it's, I, I think it's changed. Like, and it's funny. I think all that said, there is a pushback from this generation for mm. more authenticity. Mm-hmm. But it is so easy to fall into a, like, you know, doom scrolling and we become consumers. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's where our interaction with people is coming. And it's kind of a poor substitute for you know, the awkwardness of being together with a real human being in yes. person and those weird silences and the, what do I do? And I don't know what to say next. And it's so true. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, um, it was, it was funny when we first got together with our friend group mm-hmm. after having been apart for so long. Um, so we all awkward. like <laughs> joked, and, yeah, we all joked at how weird it was. Like, um, one of the girls, Chloe was sitting there probably the first to acknowledge the fact that there was a weird awkwardness in the room because you're like, how do I interact with other humans? You know, how do I, how do I do this? Mm. And, um, I bet you this generation struggling with actually what we wanted to talk about today, which was not just relationships, but sexual relationships mm. and choosing to have them or not essentially. Wow. Um, mm. but all of that clumped together. Like, how do you feel it's affected sexual relationships between students um, right now? The social media thing, having a phone all the time, all that. Yeah, I mean, people are definitely still having sex. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) let's let's be honest, it will happen in every generation. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, overall, and I'd love to see particular statistics for Ireland, but I know in American studies... And they look at Gen Z, which is kind of, you know, this generation after millennials. Mm -hmm. In general, overall, Gen Z is having less sex than, and sex less frequently and with fewer people than previous generations. I wouldn't have thought that. Like, neither would I, right? No. Um, You know, I don't know, there there's never one factor for these things. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely like Gen Z has grown up kind of not even just with one recession, but with two almost yes you know? so um, true you know 
there's you know the less risk-taking thing um also like with phones like access to sexual content it's much easier Mm -hmm. to just do a google search um and find some kind of sexual content um you know whether it's porn whether Mm -hmm. it's books you know whatever Mm -hmm floats your boat um <laughs> sometimes you come up pro- across that stuff accidentally and you're yeah, like without looking for it like, i wasn't even trying for that <laughs> what the heck crazy yeah um and so there's all these different things going on um also just like in ireland our attitude to sex has changed mm-hmm. hugely and in quite a short space of time oh yeah relatively speaking yeah you know so like mm-hmm. Going back to, you know, going back kind of 20, 30 years, homosexuality was illegal Mm. in Ireland. Like, it's a punishable offense. It's hard to imagine that. Right? Yeah. Um, You know, going back up to fairly recently, you know, getting pregnant without being married was hugely stigmatized. Oh, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and I think good old Catholic guilt, like, we're just Mm -hmm. good at, like, having sex and then just feeling really bad about it sometimes. Yeah. Like, on the one hand, this is amazing and it's really good. And <gasps> nobody does guilt like Irish guilt. Oh, my it's goodness. Kind of We're one of so a kind. good at it. Yeah. <laughs> and so you, you take that kind of, which is within living memory, not for college students, but for right. the generation before them. Yeah. And, you know, a couple of years ago, complete U-turn, gay marriage is now legalized, a legalized mm-hmm. form of marriage. Um, abortion is legally available. Mm-hmm. People don't have to fly somewhere else in order to get that or, you know, order pills online mm-hmm. and stuff like that illegally. Yeah. Um, there's no stigma really for having kids without no. being married. In um, some social circles, it's actually like a status symbol. Mm. One of the students was telling me, um, wow. that, uh, yeah, it was a long, long time ago, um, that she felt like in a certain, um, population that it is seen as, really great thing to have a baby as a teenager you know so yeah it depends on which group you you run with true so, yeah. yeah and I think like in general marriage is happening later and later in Ireland mm-hmm. if at all mm-hmm. um but the thought of a couple living together without being married was you people just didn't do that yeah decades ago to think about like, it is <laughs> actually super radical how much it, ha- it has changed yeah um, yeah, people aren't really getting married until they're in their 30s and they're mm. established. And sometimes, um, a lot of times after they have kids, they get yes. married. So yeah. yeah. And there are some real positives to the que- the conversation about sex being opened up. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, with sexual revolution and, you know, suddenly people are talking about contraception. Mm-hmm. They're talking about consent. They're talking about, you know, all of yeah. these good things, mm-hmm. you know, I am a sexual being, but what does that look like in my life? I'm so glad this conversation is being opened. Exactly. Um, instead of being cloaked in shame and oh. no, we don't talk about that and we can't talk about that. Yeah. And then people wondering, am I normal? I don't know because nobody talks about it. Yes, <laughs> I know. And even, you know, baby steps have been made. Like the government recently um, said they were going to start paying for birth control for yes. for women um, only up to age 25 because clearly 26 year olds don't have sex yeah. right no. <laughs> but mm-hmm. hey baby steps right so yeah um but you know these conversations are starting to have uh, some benefit you know mm-hmm. but um i can't imagine living back you know in the 60s or 70s and you know not knowing what to do with this weight of guilt and weight of shame upon my life like that would be really tricky but now we can talk about it so yes yeah so yeah do you feel like 
Do you feel like the whole shame factor, even though the guilt factor is probably not there for students right now, and especially because there's a lot of internationals, a lot of, it's not just um, people born in Ireland, but it's people born in the Philippines or, you know, the States like me. And, you know, we have some mix into the culture, but do you think that the shame factor is still heavily present or has it reduced a bit in the years? Great question. Oh, yeah. I'll put you in the spot with that. That's not a question no, I it's great. prepared you for. Um, I think culture probably does come into it. Mm-hmm. Like there are some culture, cultures I've observed where the shame factor would be higher mm-hmm. with um, being in a relationship and either living together or having sex without being married. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's it's kind of celebrated. I feel like the, the underlying assumption is that everybody is having sex. Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, whether it's for like I on Instagram, I follow the UCD confessions page. Yeah. And it's it, basically all of their confessions are sex related, you know, oh. of either someone I want to sleep with or uh-huh. somebody I have slept with, yeah. you know, and <laughs> oh, I didn't even know there was such a thing. Yeah, it's really it's really insightful. So um, is it like an anonymous confessions page or? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and kind of like missed connections thing, like to uh-huh. the guy in the blue jumper that, you know, was in the queue next to me for, you know, rail me basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting that this is what is being kind of held up. Yeah. But I don't know behind that. I mean, not everybody is having sex, but right. I don't know who's talking about that. Right. And do you feel like it's a lot of, I mean if people are actually having as much sex as they talk about wanting to have. Wow. I really wish somebody could do some kind of study. Yeah, that would be really interesting. (laughs) They could really like objectively say like, you know, I don't know how you would even do such a study, but like how can we differentiate between talking a big talk and then behind the scenes what you're actually doing? Um, Yeah, because – there is, you're right, there's this perception that everybody's having sex. Mm. If I'm not having sex, I must be weird. Yeah. Or I must be unhealthy or something's wrong with me or I need to go see a psychologist or something, yeah. you know? Um, and maybe this is a good segue into, like, what you think about having sex outside of a committed relationship, a.k.a. marriage, like a long-term committed relationship. Mm. What are your thoughts on that and... How do you think that's perceived now? So it's interesting. I remember a moment when I was in secondary school, I think maybe fourth or fifth year. And we had religion class. I actually loved my religion classes because we talked about sex all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's unusual for a religion class. I mean, it's amazing. We were a Catholic school and but they were very it wasn't abstinence only education. Mm. I think the kind of attitude was these girls are already having sex, some mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. So we need to let them know, you know, contraception, everything. Yeah. We need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm actually really thankful for that because That's it really kind of removed good. a lot yeah. of the shame. Oh, but yeah. I do remember um, one of our religion teachers, he's actually a guy religion teacher, um, asking for like a show of hands how many of you think that you would wait until you get married before you have sex wow that's really uh i was the on. one person in the room and you raised your hand that's like i can't hugely, believe i was so brave it's looking so back, brave like, oh. wow um but it's it's interesting because even just thinking back to what your question about shame like i wonder has it shifted where the shame used to be if you were having sex and kind of mm-hmm. got found out mm. 
And I wonder now, is there more shame around I'm not having sex Ooh. and everybody else is? Yes. Very good point. Um, I, I would agree with that. I mean, you know, I feel like I'm, I've been removed from that a little because, you know, I have sex, I'm married, but I mean, you know, I, even before I got together with Blake, there would have been some of that happening mm. because I might've been, um, maybe I would have been one of the few. And I feel like as the years have gone on, it's become more weird to not have sex outside of a monogamous committed long-term relationship mm. that having sex casually is seen as healthy or yeah. more, more healthy than choosing otherwise. Yes. So like definitely before you couldn't separate the two and you didn't, or maybe if you did, it was like you're married, but not having sex. And yeah. <laughs> which is sounds it terrible sounds by the horrible. way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas now like it, the assumption underlying assumption is definitely not that sex only happens within a committed relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really interesting. And again, part of that is just the conversation has been opened mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good thing. Like, yeah. we should be talking about these things. We definitely should be <laughs> because, you know, um, let's say before all this came about, mm-hmm. um, people, I mean, they would have, they, they would have, it would have been the opposite. You know, they would have thought, oh, I had sex. I'm the only one, mm. you know, I must be weird. I must be dirty. I must, something's wrong with me. Um, so it did. In a way, it brought some like some balance to everything, mm. to where people were like, "Okay, I'm not, um, I'm not like I don't have horns growing out of my head because I had sex with somebody outside." Of my I head. didn't go blind. Yeah, you know, like- I know, right? All the things <laughs> that you're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're. Was going blind? Was that gonna? Was that somebody? I think that was more masturbation. Oh, okay, like if oh, you I've masturbate, you'll go blind. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, can't believe people actually told people that. It's crazy. Right? I, I mean, know. yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like going back to, yeah, sex and a committed relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a weird one because if I had been born 50 years ago and choosing not to have sex outside of a committed relationship, mm-hmm. I would have been the norm. Yeah. Um, or so you thought. Or so I thought. Yes. Or at least openly according to society, exactly. what society is saying and expecting the norm. Yeah. You would have been socially acceptable. Yeah. Whereas yeah. choosing to do it now... I'm the unicorn yeah. with the, like, I don't know. I was going to say crooked horn, but I don't yeah. know if that's the right, <laughs> the right picture. But I'm the weird one, yeah. for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I I chose to not have sex before marriage. Now, it's funny because, you know, how we define sex right? is like, you know, I'm like, <laughs> in the technical sense, yeah, you know, but in the not so technical sense, no, like there's no way. Yeah. And where does it start and yeah. end? And exactly. Who's is to it say? just penis in a vagina? Yeah. Is it start way before Who knows? that? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, everybody has their definitions and it's all so vague. I mean, well, it looks like we need to head out for the minute, but let's come back, Aoife, and have a second part of this conversation really soon. Let's do it. Thanks for listening to Unshamed. If you like this podcast and want others to be able to easily find it, like, subscribe, and share to your social media. You can find us everywhere you like to listen to podcasts. If you want to send us a message, email us at unshamed at zoecommunity.ie.